This is the word to stand on for life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. Your word is sharper than any two-edged sword. And it cuts deep into my heart. The word to stand on for life is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel in San Antonio. A live call-in show here to help you answer your questions about the Bible and how to apply the word to your daily life. For more information on Calvary Chapel, visit our website, calvarysa.com. Get your Bible questions ready and call in now to 210-340-9585. It's The Word to Stand On for Life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. Welcome to the program. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Pastor Ron Arbaugh from Calvary Chapel in San Antonio, Texas, and this is the date day edition of the Word to Stand Up for Life. That means Paula is live in studio with me. So if you have any questions for her, if you need any encouragement, all you have to do is pick up the phone and dial 210-340-9585. If you're outside the local San Antonio area, you can call toll-free at 877-630-KSLR. Numerically, that's 630-5757. You can email questions to us by emailing questions at calvarysa.com, or you can use our free Calvary Chapel of San Antonio mobile app. And as always, I remind you, if you are driving in your car, the safest way to call is to use the free KSLR mobile app. Just hit the Call Now banner at the top of the screen. You'll be connected directly to our studio producer. Now on to serious business. Welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm serious. Yeah, I'm going to be quiet for one hour. Really? Well, except when we come back from the break, I'll do a little intro. But then I'm going to be quiet. No, you're not. Because you know why? Why? Because I'm going to probably ask you something. Oh. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then well, people call the show and you have to say, hello, nice for you to call. Thank you so much. You don't know how much it means to me. You know, we love this show. So, yeah. So I'm glad you're here. You're the pastor. And if I don't have the answer... I just defer to you because, you know, God called you to be the answer man. I'm just hanging out with you today. So here we go. Come on, baby. I'm being quiet. Yeah, I see that. <laughs> I'm like, what? Help me What's out. Up? Help me out. So uh, I told the people last time that, you know, about the women's retreat, and it's still happening. It's uh, February 29th to March 2nd. Um, all ladies are are welcome to go senior in high school to senior whatever um, at Alto Frio. You're not, you're not the oldest retreat. one at the retreats, are you? No, thank goodness. <laughs> but I'm in that group. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm definitely in that group. Um, so, I, I, you know, and then we do have child care for uh, babies who are less than a year. They're not crawling. They're not walking or anything like that because we have some teenage girls, but, you know. For nursing moms. For nursing stuff. moms. Mm-hmm. So um, don't fear there. Um, but I, I said I would bring a scripture each time. So today's scripture for walk, our theme is walk in the light from First John 1, 7. But today's um, scripture, Pastor Ron, that you might want to elaborate on is Matthew 5, 14 through 16, where it says, You are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. 
Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before men that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. And that's the 1984 NIV, of course. So, go ahead. Elaborate. I, I don't, that's one of the things Jesus said that doesn't need any elaboration. I mean, it's real simple. Once we get saved, our job is to shine. Mm-hmm. And and you know what do we always say here at Calvary Chapel? Just be with Jesus. Yeah, and if you're with Jesus, it's sort of a, a light. We reflect his light. Mm-hmm. Um, too, too often we Christians are a reflection upon him yeah. rather than reflecting his light. And, uh, you know, he, he I, one of the things I loved about the Lord is that he, he made our walk simple. Uh, that's all we have to do is be with him. Mm-hmm. You know, I get questions, Paul, as you know, because you listen to the program all the time. But I get questions, well, well Pastor Ron, it can't be that simple. It's got to be more complicated than just be with Jesus. But it really isn't, and that's what he was saying right there. Our job is to let our light shine so that the darkness in this world sees there's something different. And then I like the translation, uh, so that you may glorify your Father in heaven. Mm-hmm. And that's that's really how simple walking with the Lord is. Yeah, yeah. We complicate it, but we don't need to. We do. And, you know, we live in this crazy world where, you know, a lot of people don't want Christians talking about Jesus. We can talk about God, but we can't talk about Jesus. And so I, I was kind of reminded um, when I was on a flight coming home from somewhere, and there was a flight attendant. Is that what you get to say? Is a flight attendant? Well, her name was Paula, just like mine. So I said, oh, Paula. My name is Paula, too. And, and then I said, um, I'm a Christian. Are you? And it, she lit up. Because on her job, she can't bring up the fact that she's a Christian. But if the other person wants to talk about being a Christian, she can, she can be, she's invited into that conversation. And so we just had a great time. <laughs> yeah. I'll see you in heaven <clears throat> if I never see you again. Just one of those things. We'll remember this time right now. And she, she bent down. You know, like on one knee, kind of, just so we could have a conversation. She was so excited to be able to talk about her faith. And then, of course, people all around. Well, that's what I'm talking about. You know, you are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. And when we started talking about Jesus, she just came alive. But in so many of our jobs, we're afraid, you know, to say anything. Because we're afraid we might get fired or, you know, you're on company time, that kind of stuff. Well, we don't have to take it on company time. But when I invited her you know, into, she was, she just couldn't have been happier. And so she was letting everyone see her light. We're going to take a break for a phone call in a minute, but let me say this, you know, there's no exception in the Bible for being afraid of losing your job. We're to let our light shine. We're to tell people about the good news of Jesus Christ. And we think, well, you know, we have to be sensitive about where we do it. Now at work, we need to be workers. Yeah. But our normal conversation is always about the Lord. Why do we change that when we're around other people just because the environment is hostile? Jesus expected a hostile environment. He said, people will hate you. They will insult you. And he said, basically, don't take it personal. It's me they really don't like. Uh, But that's that's a great example. 
And uh, just just being general about our faith is letting your light shine, uh, telling people, thank you, God bless you. Mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. and you're going to see those people that light up yeah. when they can do that. Mm-hmm. So yeah. we'll come back, Paula. Don't lose your place. Let's go to line one. We've got Alex on line one. Alex, thanks for calling. You're on the air. Howdy, Pastor Ron and Paula. Hope you're both. Oh, you're breaking up, Alex. Okay, can you hear me? I can hear you now. Okay, okay. I, I just said, howdy. I, I hope you both are doing well today. Thank you. We are. Yep, yep. Good, good. Right. Um, so I, I've got a question about uh, King David before he was king, when he was on the run from Saul. Mm-hmm. Um, I know he had kind of two opportunities to, to actually kill Saul, and he didn't because both times he said, hey, this, you know, this is still God's anointed king. Um, so it's like, from that context, he was very loyal um, to King Saul, even when, King, you know, King Saul turned bad and he was actually trying to, to chase David to kill him. Um, but my question is, there was a period of time when he was on the run that he went, I think, to live with the Philistines, and he was um, going to, like, fight alongside the Philistines or another of the Canaanite tribes, and that just seems kind of inconsistent to me on one hand he he specifically does not want to to fight or kill Saul but on the other hand um he was basically aligning himself with um you know Israel's enemy or Judah's enemy um so I was wondering if you could maybe correct if I said anything wrong or bring some more clarity to that for me yeah, Alex, that does can confuse a lot of people, but but it's just a wonderful picture of God's sovereignty. You know, uh, David, um, and and let me go back to where you started. One of my favorite stories is when David cut off a bit of Saul's robe, and instantly he was conscience-stricken. I mean, even that was too much. He said, no, I, I'm not going to raise my hand against God's anointed. And basically what David was doing, and this is a great, great statement of faith, David was saying, nope, in the Lord's timing, I'll be king. He'd already been anointed king. He'd already been promised. The The whole cave era of David's life was about 10 years long. And um, and David was learning in the cave, just like in our cave experiences, we learn to trust God. And that's what David was learning to do. And later, when uh, he knew the only way he was going to escape Saul was to go into the enemy camp, um, David was a, a raider. I mean, that's how he provided for his uh, what would be his mighty men. Um, they would go out and they would raid. They would bring back the spoils. They would share some of the spoils with the Philistines. And um, when it was time for the Philistines to go to war against Israel, God intervened. Now, it's not one of those things where David was going to do it. He, he It's not something that he wanted to do. But he was in a situation where he didn't really have a choice. They were going to ask him to go to war. At least he assumed they were. And um, uh, if he didn't, he was facing Saul, who was going to kill him. Uh, if if he uh, refused to go, then the, the Philistines would turn on him. And, you know, it's one of those moments. Remember, David did not have the Holy Spirit of God. He didn't have the, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength, New Testament scriptures. And yet God intervened 
and kept David from crossing that line, Alex. And that's that's why this story is all about God. Uh, had David crossed that line, then he would not have been able to be Israel's king. And in a situation where he didn't know what to do, between a rock and a hard place, God grabbed a hold of him and said, I'm the one who's going to protect you. Now, we New Testament Christians, we know that he who began a good work in us will be faithful to complete it. And that was simply David um, experiencing a New Testament principle long before the New Testament was written. Mm. So it's not something he wanted to do, and God protected him. Now, Alex, I know it's 1 Samuel 27 through 29, but the... the um, um, one thing that, that I look back on my life, uh, and Paul and I, we've talked about this on this program, uh, I can look back and see so many lines that God didn't let me cross. Me too. In those moments when I didn't know what to do, um, you know, I thought that, well, I ought to do this. I need to do something. And God would intervene, and he kept me from making wrong decisions or kept me from crossing a line, you know, where I would take things into my own hands. And that's exactly what was happening in that passage in First Samuel. And, um, you know, David, uh, at first you could tell his ego was a little hurt, his feelings were, don't you trust me? But uh, he saw that it was the hand of God protecting him. One of those great, great, great passages of Scripture. It makes me want to go teach First Samuel all over again. I love that book. Yep. I Thank you, Alex, because uh, Ron's explanation of that, I, I hadn't really heard that. I didn't really get, get that, but to see God's hand. Were you not in church when we taught that about I, You know, I was, <laughs> but I don't know if you said it quite that way. And, and also, you know, I've told you for a lot of years— I'm not the brightest bulb, and if you tell me sometimes 14 and now 21 times, I'll start to get it. And so thank you, Alex, for giving Pastor Ron that opportunity to um, educate me. <laughs> cool. Okay, back where you were. I told you hold on to that thought. I know, but where was it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. At um, our age, our grip's not so tight you know sometimes. What I'm huh? Yeah, that's true. I was talking about uh, shining our lights, you know, in 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 light places because there's a lot of times when we're uh, we're among real Christians who, you know, there's always a remnant and we think we're there by ourselves and yet the Lord has either somebody else who's a shining light for us if we're kind of dim or we're the shining light for maybe another Christian who's like, wow. You took a stand. You know, let me interrupt. I know it's your show, but this I think this no, is good. this is an important use of, of gifts. That's who you are with your gift of encouragement. Mm. Um, you you often encourage people who don't want to be encouraged. You know, we're we're down, we feel uh, overwhelmed by things, and you're there with your smile like, Hi, you know, <laughs> like like a puppy, mm. you know, licking you in the face all the time, you know. <laughs> and and But that's letting your light shine, mm. using the mm. gift that God has given you mm. to be uh, directional for others. And I know one of the things we're going to talk about a little bit later is being grateful. Yeah. And, um, you know, you're not perfect, but um, you are a grateful Christian. Mm. And that's, that's one of the ways that your light shines the best. Mm. Thank you. All right. I'll take that. <laughs> I appreciate that. That's good. Yeah. Um, so a lot of times, you know, when when someone's maybe a little bit discouraged, they've been praying for a long time and nothing has happened. Um, 
you know, people will tell me, I've been praying for this for two or three years. Just like you just finished saying a few minutes ago, David running away from Saul for 10 years. Hey, when am I going to be a king? I'm not getting any younger. You know what I'm saying? And just running around the mountain, and Saul's almost right there to to get him. And, and I, you know, you, sometimes you just can't understand that. David never made Saul his enemy, but Saul made David his. Yeah, David didn't do anything wrong. You know? You know, think about additionally, Paula, the pressure David would have received from his men. Oh, my In goodness. Fact, a couple of times, God has delivered him yeah. into our hands. Yeah. Kill him. This is our and, opportunity. Yeah. And, and, it, and it looked like God had delivered him into mm-hmm. his hands. Mm-hmm. But David thought about the character of God, thought about the faithfulness of God. And he said, no, 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 God doesn't need me to act. Yeah. When it's time, he will be the one yeah. who, who elevates me. Yeah. Yeah, he couldn't build the temple because he had blood on his hands. Yeah. But to not be king, too, that would just been too much. Yeah, and, you know, he was just one of those guys that, um, well, I, I think men in particular, um, we feel compelled to act at times. And David was one in those early years who would wait for the Lord to act. And it saved him a lot of trouble, a lot mm-hmm. of pain. Mm-hmm. I remember that one time when Saul was right there. You know, he, David could probably peek around out of the cave, one of those caves, and see Saul right there. And then all of a sudden, one of Saul's men said, hey, they're they're attacking our city. And boom, he had to leave. How cool is that? That's God, huh? Yep. Yeah, Romans eight twenty eight, working it all out. And there we was just... one time when Saul had to go number two. <laughs> we don't need to talk about that. And left all his people behind. <laughs> David could have had him right there. Yeah. <laughs> My favorite one is... That's when... why I don't explore caves, by the way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, what's in there? Beside bats and... Hey. Anyway. So, yeah, but let your light so shine. And so Christians, no matter where we are, you know, no matter what the situation... Um, we should we should be the shiny ones. Like, hey, I'm going to heaven, and I don't deserve to. You know, that's what Vanessa said to me that time. What do you got to be so happy about? You know, just like that. And I was like, well, I'm going to heaven, and I know I don't deserve it. And I get to live a life here on earth with a God who walks beside me. And I think that's before you started saying, just be with Jesus. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, I understood the concept, you know, I, I, I'm going to heaven. Jesus loves me. That's my song. This I know for the Bible tells me so. And, uh, yeah, so I get to shine for the Lord. I love that God's so faithful. That was 27 and a half years ago. And um, Vanessa's now been a shiny face for all those years. Yeah. As I was coming in to the church school Studio. <laughs> it's a multi, multi-purpose multi building. <laughs> you know it is. Uh, Vanessa was out there because she's the one who's in charge of parents connecting with their kids when the parents come to pick them up from school. And, and we got to hug and kiss each other on the cheek. Yeah, she used to want to kill me, and now <laughs> she would run interference for anybody who'd want to Remember when me. you took her to Boise? Oh, my God. 
I know you were doing a women's retreat there. Yeah. And um, you took her with you. Or maybe it was a marriage retreat. I don't know what it no, was. No, it was a women's well, retreat. Women's you and I took she and Mike okay. to a, a marriage one. And um, um, all she wanted to do was get some of that blue grass from the Boise State yeah. football field. The blue turf. Mm-hmm. And we made it happen, yeah. Pastor Ron. It was one of those things where, um, okay, Vanessa, it's right here. And it's so cute. It's a cool-looking place. She goes, you think we could get on the field? I was like, well, <laughs> we don't want to push it, but maybe. And the Lord let us go and see it. And then when we went to um, it was Pastor Wright, his last name is, I can't even think of his first name now, but Myrna was the pastor's wife. He gave Vanessa a chunk of that blue turf to bring back because she had that we had told him, not knowing he had it, but told him that, you know, we got to go on the on the field and, you know, we wanted a piece of the turf and stuff. And he opened up a drawer and said, you mean this? <gasps> <laughs> yes. Yeah. So Rich was his first name. Rich, that's right. Rich and Myrna Wright, that's right. So, yeah, it was a really, really good time. And to see the difference, because I wanted everybody to hear her testimony. And that's when I had taken her before picture and then her after picture and we had it blown up and she had written a poem and put it on there. And people, you know, when you tell some stories like when I tell or when you tell your testimony or when I tell part of your testimony, people look at me like, "Uh uh-uh, no, he wasn't like that. I can't believe he was like that. When you tell your testimony, everybody in the crowd is mad at me. <laughs> and they should be. <laughs> in Oklahoma, that time when, when we were, we were uh, uh, Pastor Lane and I were there uh-huh. with you and Josh. You were doing some worship there. Mm-hmm. And you were sharing your testimony. Mm-hmm. And all those ladies who loved me just an hour before, they walked out and gave me that cross-eyed... That looked like that, you jerk. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I can't believe you yeah. would treat her like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well. Yeah. But today's a different day. Yeah. Today's a different day. You're my boyfriend, and I'm, I'm grateful that we hung around. God said, this is the one for life. I was like, Phew. my life, it feels like it's getting shorter. <laughs> but now... It's it's really cool. Man, your hair looks good today. You should see it from here. It looks really, <laughs> really good. I'm sorry, you guys. We're not on TV right now. <laughs> it, it's just looking. It's starting to part in the middle. Like, I remember when you were so young. You know, I got a picture. You look like rock star, Pastor Ron. That's what Persona <laughs> said. Anyway, let me go on. I like embarrassing him, though. <laughs> you should see his face right now. <laughs> Too bad it's not TV. So, I was thinking in the night, and we'll, we'll start this, but we'll probably have to go on the other side of it. Yeah, we got about three minutes. You know, a lot of times you'll say, you know, we don't have the right to ruin somebody else's day. You know? Or to mess with their lives at all. To mess with their lives at all. Okay. So, I, I don't know if I made this up or I heard it somewhere, but in the night, this is what I wrote. <laughs> <laughs> we can choose the theme for the day. And I put three, well, I put three down. One, grateful. We can say, I'm going to be grateful today. You know, I just I look around. When I wake up in the morning, I'm in a, like I think I said this last night before we went to bed. I'm in a nice house. 
I got running water. I can turn my heater up or my air conditioning on. The car is decent. Um, I got food in my refrigerator, more in my pantry. I'm grateful. I'm not out on the streets. I'm grateful. I have a husband who loves the Lord. His calling is me, his me, me, his wife, um, our children, the people here. We're so blessed, Pastor Ron. And so I have so much to be grateful for, and I'll talk about the other ones, but in last night's study in um, Amos, <laughs> I hesitated there because I've been trying to learn how you say his Amos. name. Amos. Amos. Okay, I've been saying Amos forever. So well, we're, I have to stop and think. We're Americans. Yeah, it's yeah. Kind of drilled into our brains. Mm-hmm. So Amos. Mm-hmm. Amos. Okay. I'm going to get it. It's nine <laughs> chapters, right? Yeah. Before it's over. <laughs> like Mo and I on the worship team, we sing three Sunday morning services. And half the time we look at each other and say, we'll get it by third service. <laughs> but anyway, Amos, you were saying that God had to remind the people who had forgotten how good he was and were taking matters into their own hands and doing things um, their own way, forgetting that um, he's really the shock caller and how good God was. He says, I have relieved you of your enemies. The stress in your life, I've I've eliminated it for you. I've provided you with, like like I'm saying today, running water. Um, you have warmth. Uh, you have food. I've provided for you. I've protected you. And yet you take that for granted and you've forgotten. Um, and the last few studies have been kind of like that. You know, if you do this, here's the blessings. But if you don't, here's the double list of... And we'll get back to this on the other side of the break. Hey, if you have any questions, comments, or thoughts, we'd love to hear them. 340-9585, that's area code 210, or toll-free 877-630-KSLR. This is the Date Day edition of the Word to Stand Up for Life. We'll be back in two minutes. to the Word to Stand On for Life. We're taking your calls at 340-9585 or toll-free 877-630-KSLR. Now, here's Pastor Ron Arbaugh. Welcome back to the second half of our Date Day show, 340-9585 or toll-free 877-630-KSLR. Paula, before we get to you, let's go to Joanne on line one from San Antonio. Joanne, thank you for calling. You're on the air. Hi, Pastor Ron and Paula. Hi. Hey, I know this one. <laughs> yes. Yes. What? I can't believe I'm calling, but I do have a question. Glenn and I have been reading in Proverbs, and um, on the day, on day 10, Proverbs 10.10 says, um, in the New International Version, he who winks maliciously causes grief, and a chattering fool comes to ruin. Um, and then in the New Living Translation, that same ten, uh, Proverbs 10.10 10 says, People who wink at wrong cause trouble, but a bold reproof promotes peace. And I, and I, when we were reading, I just thought, wait a minute, that's not right. But 
it's just it's just kind of been bugging me a little bit because it doesn't seem like the B part of that um, that scripture is right. It doesn't, and so I looked at the New American Standard, and it says, "He who winks the eye causes trouble, and a babbling fool will be thrown down." So the you know those seem to match New International and New American Standard are this. It's the same idea, but the New Living Translation that last sentence is it doesn't. I don't get it. Can you help me with that? Uh, I can't because I'm not looking at it. The New Living Translation is one that I do not have on my computer program. But, you know, the New Living Translation and and some of the newer translations like that, uh, and the New Living Translation has has become pretty popular. Um, But but there's some, some... nonsensical translations and things like that. And, and Joanne, all I can tell you is that uh, all of the other translation uh, translations are consistent with what the second half of that means. Um, and so, um, you know, our responsibility is to, to find out in context what it says. And that's really the best we can do with that. I don't know why the New Living Translation has that. Uh, the New King James says, he who winks with the eye causes trouble, but a prating fool will fall. And the idea is the man who's winking maliciously, sort of like, hey, uh, I know this isn't true, but go with me on it. I think um, um, those are the translations that are... I did, my, my producer just pulled up the, the New Living Translation. People who wink it wrong cause trouble, but a bold reproof promotes peace. Uh, peace. Well, that's kind of the same thing. We sh- the pe- we should be winking, or I'm sorry, we should be reproving the people who are doing the winking or causing the trouble. Uh, the other thing, go go up one verse because verse nine kind of sets a contrast and context here. He who walks with integrity walks securely, but he who uh, perverts his ways will become known. And so here's here's the the good, and now ten the bad. Uh, but then um, we we need to be able to reprove those people, uh, and and when we do that, then they can be corrected. So that's what the New Living Translation says, uh, according to my producer. So, Joanne, I'm not exactly sure what uh, what uh, translation that you were reading there. Mm-hmm. In in mine, because I have a new uh, Bible app, um, the Olive Tree, and for Proverbs ten ten, it takes me as a uh, he who winks maliciously, it takes me to Psalm thirty-five, nineteen, and 20, where it says, Let not those gloat over me who are my enemies without cause. Let not those who hate me without reason maliciously wink the eye. They do not speak peaceably, but devise false accusations against those who live quietly in the land. So that sounds like a, a pretty bold reproof, like... Um, Hey, watch what you're doing. Watch what yeah. you're. I think the man who walks in integrity—it's our responsibility to reprove or rebuke the man who is winking maliciously. Mm-hmm. I think that's the point. Yeah. So, Joanne, thank you very, very much. God bless you, and give Glenn a big hug for me. Mm-hmm. We love you guys. Okay, Paula, what's up, babe? What? They're in our group. They're in our group. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think. I think Joanne is like what one year older than me, maybe. I think just maybe a couple of months, but they're in our group. 
hey, when we get people that come to our church that are older than us, mm-hmm. we hold on to them. We don't you let them do anything. You know that's right. Uh-uh. Yeah. You're not leaving. <laughs> we are not going to be the oldest people. <laughs> okay, so um, we're talking about the theme for the day, and, and today was, you know, when I started out was grateful. And, and um, when I was talking about this, Psalm 103 came to me where it says, um, I'll start verse 2. Praise the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases? Who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion? Who satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles? The Lord works righteousness and justice for all the oppressed. He made known his ways to Moses, his deeds to the people of Israel. The Lord is compassionate, compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love. Um, he will not always accuse, nor will he harbor his anger forever. He does not treat us as our sins deserve. I mean, the, Lord, the list just goes on and on. He's just a good God. Or repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. I can go on, should I? As a father, well, you want to answer that before I go on? No. As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. For he knows how we are formed. He remembers that we are dust. As for man, his days are like grass. He flourishes like a flower of the field. The wind blows over it and is gone, and its place remembers it no more. But from everlasting to everlasting, the Lord's love is with those who fear him and his righteousness with their children's children, with those who keep his covenant and remember to obey his precepts. The Lord has established his throne in heaven, and his kingdom rules over all. And then he tells us, praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. You know, Paul, you started this off by saying we can choose gratitude. Mm-hmm. And um, we, we, we at times get so close to our pain or so close to our circumstances. I've actually had Christians say to me, what do I have to be grateful for? Mm-hmm. You don't know what's going on in my life. To, to not to choose gratitude, and it has to be a choice, a willful decision. Yeah. yeah, it has to be. To not choose gratitude, no matter whether things are going great or going really, really badly. Mm-hmm. To not choose gratitude is a sin. And that's what God was saying in, this, in the Bible study last night. He wasn't, he wasn't reminding them. You use that term on the other side of the break. He was reminding them of his goodness. Mm-hmm. That's not what he was doing. He was yeah. saying... Um, look, I've done all these things for you, and, and I'll do this in a very human way. He was saying, and this is the thanks I get. Mm. I'm having to pronounce judgment on you now because you weren't grateful, because you forgot those things. It's interesting when he was talking to uh, Israel, the northern tribe. He said, uh, I'm the one who, who, who took the giants out for you. Yeah, You know, the, the giants that kept them from going in 40 years uh, earlier, um, he said, I- I'm the one who took them out. Mm-hmm. Um, they were huge people, the last descendants of Anak mm-hmm. or the Rephaim. Mm-hmm. Um, and God says, I, I defeated yeah. them for you. Yeah. I, I made you them. You wiped way. out the Amorites. That's yeah. right. you, and I gave you their land. No, and yeah. and um, 
you know, we, we all have something, many things to be grateful for. And when we lose perspective, um, the, the problem, of course, is that we're focused on, on the things that are distasteful to us or the things that are painful to us. Yeah. And God says, look up, look higher. And that's a, 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 a mature Christian's acquired habit. Yeah, yeah. I'm looking at a picture um, because I got a text uh, yesterday or a few days ago. Let me see, it was like, yeah, Tuesday. And it's of our friend, Pastor Ron, that you've asked some of these people here to pray for him. Um, so there's a picture of him in a sweatshirt and his glasses, you know, and he's smiling, but he's in day 14 of isolation because he's going through cancer treatments. It's stem cell treatment, stem mm-hmm. cell um, surgery. Yeah. yeah. So it says on here, day 14, troubles do not define us. God uses them to refine us, making us the people he wants us to be. He's got a huge smile. He says, we're doing, doing good. We're at the valley for a few days, but we are getting better every day. Thank you for praying. And then today, it's him with his granddaughter home. We were released last night. Thank you for praying. And he's got a great smile. But, you know, during that time, he was telling me that he had up days and some down days, but he never... Like you say, he never lost his joy and his awareness of God's presence. Um, he's been grateful. Yeah, and whether it's Ron, he's the pastor of Calvary Houston, um, and and we've we've gone there a lot, and they're they're dear friends. But um, cancer doesn't change the goodness of God. No, um, and we have this tendency as humans when um, we get somebody else. A report that they've got cancer. It's oh, how could oh, I'm so sorry for you. I'll be praying for you. God is good. You know, hold on to God. But when it's us, why did you let this happen? And that's to forget to choose gratitude yeah. every day. Yeah. Nobody wants to get cancer. Nobody wants children to break our hearts. Nobody wants the terrible things that happen in life to happen. But when they happen to us, that's when our faith is severely tested. Yeah. And um, you know, it's in those moments where you can draw closer to the Lord and, and let your gratitude be the choice that you make, or you can sort of retreat into yourself and mourn about all of the horrible things and the bad luck and why is this happening kind of stuff. And um, I think, Paula, it's a practice that we, we need to focus on in yeah. our lives because yeah. bad stuff's going to happen to everybody. Yeah, you say this, have been saying this forever, um, to pre-prepare, to pre-prepare. Okay, not that we're looking for all the bad things to happen, but Lord, help me to fall more in love with you every day. You've been saying that forever to you. Um, so that... I talk a lot. You know, <laughs> there's sometimes when you say that, you apologize to the church. I went long, and I'm like, stop saying that, because... We need to hear what God has to say. Anyway, so being pre-prepared so that when those things come, um, we can say, Lord, you know stuff. You already knew about this, and you've promised to never leave or forsake. You're, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I mean, we, we've got to know, like you said, if we don't know the word, we're going to get taken down. 
um, you've promised to never leave me or forsake me. Lord, you say that, um, yea, though I walk through the valley, like right, Pastor Ron said, we're walking through the valley, but we're walking through the valley. And yeah, there's ups and there's downs, but Jesus is the one who's always there to sustain us. And so, yeah, we can, you know, I was reading the scripture somewhere, it had to be Proverbs or Psalms today, where um, uh, uh, one's soul can sustain him during the sickness. But those who, you know, don't, they're, they're crushed. We don't want to be crushed. You know, the Lord allows, he's been telling me to see everything that comes my way as coming from him. Not that he did it to me, um, but he's allowed it to hit my life in some way, shape, or form. And to see everything as coming from him so that I will be pre-prepared and not just freak out necessarily. Yeah, by way of explanation, pre-prepared, it just, at times with all the things that we we deal with, uh, being prepared doesn't seem urgent enough. Mm-hmm. So that's why we came up with the pre-prepared. Yeah. And and sometimes the, the most important times to be pre-prepared is when things are going well. Yeah. Because yeah. things can change in an instant. You can yeah. get bad news. Mm-hmm. Uh, your heart can be broken. Um, and, 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 you know, I always say that if the Lord... Uh, that he will prepare you for everything that you're going to encounter. You know, he won't give you more than you can take. People say, well, that's not true. He's given me this, and I can't take it. I can't mm-hmm. handle it. Well, if you allow him to prepare you, then you're ready for anything and everything that he brings along your path. It doesn't mean it's not going to break your heart or it's going to be difficult to deal with. But but certainly it means that we can have um, what we need to fight at the time it's appropriate to fight. Yeah. Okay, we, you could choose gratitude. What were the other ones? We're going to the run next out of one. Time here. The next one is to I, I can be joyful today. I can be joyful today, um, and so uh, you know we. Uh, I'll go to Psalm sixteen, starting in verse five. Lord, you have assigned me my portion and my cup. You have made my lot secure. The boundary lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Surely I have a delightful inheritance. I will praise the Lord who counsels me even at night. My heart instructs me. I have set the Lord always before me. Because he is at my right hand, I will not be shaken. That's how I was able to maintain my joy. You know, you you say in your testimony, you tried to, you know, make me. And steal your joy. Yeah, you tried to steal my joy, but you couldn't because the Lord was there with me. Anyway, therefore my heart is glad and my tongue rejoices. My body also will rest secure because you will not abandon me to the grave, nor will you let your Holy One see decay. You have made known, this is the key, you have made known to me the path of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence, with eternal pleasures at your right hand. Yeah, and, and then there, another psalm says, in his presence is the fullness of joy. Mm-hmm. And, you know, people will say, as I, I mentioned in the first half of the program, uh, people will say that, um, it's not that simple. Just be with Jesus is not that simple. But it really is, especially in this matter of gratitude and joy. Um, in his presence is the fullness of joy. We either believe that or we don't. Mm-hmm. And um, what happens to us when we lose our joy is that we uh, remove ourselves from his presence. He never removes his presence from us. But we remove ourselves. We get closer to the pain or closer to the circumstances um, than we are to him. And and then, of course, the joy comes 
uh, comes out. So um, there, there's nothing more upside down than a Christian without joy. Yeah. Not but, happiness. Yeah. I'm not talking about being silly. Yeah. I or know. or uh, you know being naive. Mm-hmm. Faking but, it till you're making it. Yeah. yeah. Joy. Yeah. Um, comes from Him. And when you're with him, his joy is with you, even when you don't understand anything. No. You know when I get my greatest joy, Ron, is those times when the Lord just assures me, you are right where you're supposed to be, doing exactly what you're doing, regardless of how the result might be that I think should be happening. You know, I think of, of Jeremiah, what, 40 years? Not a single convert. <laughs> that, yeah. Cisterns and his yeah. manuscripts being cut up. Yeah. Isn't it, the one where the Lord said, stop praying for those people, right? Wow. <laughs> That's okay. But God, give me a W here. I need, I need a win. <laughs> something, you know? you know? So something to keep my... But, but you said a moment ago... Um, that, that you didn't use the word, but but what you said was uh, there are times when my expectations aren't met. Yeah. Um, the lesson is not to have them. I know. Uh, my expectation is to hang out with Jesus every day, and go with Him wherever it is that He leads. And when we do that, there's going to be glorious days, and there's going to be really difficult days. Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane. Jesus was sweating great drops of blood. Jesus was looking for a way out. Mm-hmm. Um, and yet his joy was found in the nevertheless thy will and not my will be done. Yeah. For well, the joy set before me, he or him, he endured the agony of the cross, scorning its shame, and then sat down at the right hand of the Father. But, whew, my goodness. And see, in the middle of his pain, we were his joy. Yeah. We're, we're, we're the goal. Yeah. And what we need to remember when things are not going well is that uh, our goal as a Christian is our salvation. We're going to be in the presence of the Lord forever and ever and ever. And while that doesn't diminish the difficulties of life here on earth, it provides the answer or the solution for all of those things just being with Jesus. And I can just say this unequivocally. Whenever we spend too much time with ourselves, whenever we spend too much time with our pain, then we're going to lose that joy and we're going to cease to be grateful and then life really becomes messy. Yeah. Paul, you've got less than five minutes. What's Ooh, the third, I better hurry third up. category? The third one is pursue peace. Pursue peace. So we can wake up and, you know, sometimes we, we already got a, got a plan. Like that person at my job, they're going to get a piece of my mind today. <laughs> I have just had it with them. Yeah. Christian or not, they're going to get it today. None of us have enough mind to give away a piece <laughs> of it to anybody. Yeah? I say that a lot. I've given away too many pieces already. I only got one or two left. And so uh, in, in Proverbs seventeen nine, it says this, He who covers over an offense promotes love, but whoever repeats the matter separates close friends. I don't want to be that person. I don't want to be that second one. I want to be a cover over offender, promoting love. You know, like 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 the lady in the in the store one time said, "Why do you wear your hair like that?" <laughs> I could have taken offense, like, you know, hey, it's my hair, you know, kind of a thing. 
But I was like, well, it's really the only way I know how to comb it. Did you want to touch it? And I was just like, because most time people want to touch it, either little kids or older people. But she just, she, she says, how rude, huh? <laughs> it, it's the only way I know how to comb it, lady. So just don't take an offense. But people have their, everybody got their little opinion, you know, about, about stuff. Yeah. You know, the greatest statement of non-offense in the history of the world is, Father, forgive them, mm-hmm. for they know not what oh, they do. Oh, I know, I know. And we need to be eager forgivers. Mm-hmm. I think that's one of the things, if in fact uh, we're going to walk uh, in peace, if, we're, if peace is going to, blessed are the peacemakers, Jesus mm-hmm. said, happy are the peacemakers. Yeah. Um, if, if, if we're going to pursue peace, then what we've got to do is be the person who uh, surrenders, who gives up. Yeah. Who doesn't hold on or defend ourselves? Yeah, I've I, I told you today. I said I'm, I'm still working on that. <laughs> There's sometimes I'm just like, "Hey, look, I know," and so yeah, uh, at the pursue peace. So yeah, and then when you mess up, you just say, oh, "Lord, I'm sorry," uh, you know, and you move on. So yeah, pursue peace. So if if like you know somebody has something against you. Go to that person and, and make it right. Um, and if you've, you know, offended somebody, ask them for forgiveness. And then receive the forgiveness from the Lord and, and then move on. But, yeah, pursue mm. peace. And for, and forgive those who um, our flesh likes to hold unforgiveness toward. Yeah. you yeah. got to decide. I'm going to pursue peace. Yeah. And, and it's your peace not not the other person's peace. Mm-hmm. It's your peace that that uh, God wants us to pursue, and the only way we do that is is to forgive as we ourselves have been forgiven by God. My favorite scripture, my favorite one is. Well, I take that back. There's a whole lot of them, but the one I'm I'm aiming for is Genesis fifty twenty. You know where he says to his brothers, "You men are for evil, but who am I?" You know, I think that's why God's saying, see everything is coming from my hand. You know, there's reasons for things hitting our lives. And so he says to his brothers, you meant it for evil. So he was honest, open and honest with them. But God meant it for good, the saving of many lives as it is today. Theirs. <laughs> and, I think sometimes, Paula, we think that if we do that, then people are going to think that they okay, they got away with it. Yeah, and, I know. And Jesus said, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they do. Mm-hmm. That's That's the model. Yes, We're inside one minute now, sweetie. You got anything else you want to say as we sign off today? Oh, ladies, if you have a plan of being at our retreat, please sign up immediately. We had 126 ladies already, and we just started registration on Sunday. And it was like 10 degrees or something. Yeah, and they did it. Well, they did it. They registered inside, so it was okay. But yeah. Please hey. register. It, you you don't want to miss it. I'm telling you, you don't want to miss it. Thanks for tuning in. You've been listening to the Daily Edition of the Word of Stand Up for Life. I'm Pastor Ron Arbaugh from Calvary Chapel in San Antonio, Texas. Lord willing, I'll be back here tomorrow at 4 o'clock on AM 630 The Word. We'll see you then. Bye-bye. Thanks for spending this time with Calvary Chapel's The Word to Stand On for Life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. The Word to Stand On for Life is on every weekday afternoon at 4, and Pastor Ron invites you to find out more about Calvary Chapel at calvarysa.com. The Word to Stand On for Life was sponsored by Calvary Chapel of San Antonio.